have those two come and, and, and have tension between the two, okay? Because it's not about living a natural life versus living a spiritual life. It's about surrendering your life to Jesus. It's about surrendering it all to him. And when you surrender it all, there's no tension to feel. Maybe there's obstacles and challenges, but there's no tension to, that, that, that would be. It disappears. Now, in Ecclesiastes 3.11, it says, He has made everything beautiful, here's the key, in its time. When you look in the mirror, and when we start judging ourselves or whatever, remember this. You were made beautiful by him for this time today. You see, when we look in the mirror and we say we can't, or when we doubt ourselves, or when we're not, we, we just can't do it, or, man, I, I would rather be living another time than right now today. You are, con- are, are contradicting or going against what God has called you to do today. Because he said, it is this time I made you beautiful. Continue on with that verse. He, also, he has also set eternity in the human heart. So everything you do here on earth is going to link with eternity. Now, I'm going to read that same scripture after just uh, showing you that. I'm going to read that same scripture, but I'm going to read it from the Amplified Version. And I love what the Amplified says. It says, he has made everything beautiful and appropriate in its time. He has also planted eternity, a sense of divine purpose in a human's heart. Divine purpose is what gets us out of bed in the morning. Divine purpose. Everyone say divine purpose is what God's put into every single one of our hearts the moment we come to Jesus Christ. There is a divine purpose and the right timing for you to be here. For instance, when we look in Exodus, we know the story of Moses. We've probably seen the movie and, 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 and what's been going on through Exodus. But when you look at Moses, and he was a shepherd tending the sheep at the time, and he saw something very unusual happening in a burning bush that wasn't catching fire, though, but it was on fire, he got curious and walks up to it, and God speaks to him, or the, or the angel of the Lord comes to him and says and calls him to go save his people, Israel. He's heard the cries of the slavery that they've been in. He says, Moses, I'm going to have you go over there, and I'm going to have you free them. And when you look at Moses, I mean, he counters off the bat. I'm inadequate. I, I, I stutter. I, 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 I just can't do it. And Well, I used to be a part of that. They're not going to like me. What do I say? To, I mean, all these excuses come out. But God has given them a divine purpose on that, during that time for, for that trial that was going on in there. And even though he countered, God showed him his power. For instance, he had a staff in his hand. And what was in his hands, God was able to show him a miracle. Okay? And when he showed him that miracle, he was able now to go and do what he needed to do to save the people. And a lot of you guys probably know the story already. Moses ended up saving, um, or you being used by God to save all of Israel, get them out of slavery, and just drown out all the enemy when they crossed the Red Sea. What I'm saying is this. There is a divine purpose that you have. God used what was in Moses' hand at the time. To fulfill what was in that he just put in his heart. God has tools and people in your life he's put there. And he wants you to fulfill that purpose by using what you have in your hands. See, to fulfill what God put in our hearts, we need to be faithful and we need to be a good steward 
Okay? We need to be faithful and a good steward to, to what we have in our hands. Okay? Uh, about, it's been about seven years now I've been pastoring or been a pastor, okay? 2010, we moved back from Oklahoma, and uh, we became uh, junior high pastors. Then junior high pastors turned into high school pastors. High school turned into children's and nursery. And then they just said, just take the generations, dude. Just take it. You know, just take the whole generations. We ended up pastoring for the, uh, the generations department, and we absolutely loved it. God was doing so much, okay? That was my purpose. That was my calling in my life. And today I get to just uh, uh, shepherd and pastor an entire church, which is, this is total God, and I love what he's doing. But let me tell you something. Before the seven years, I did everything in my power to lead people to Christ. I did everything in what was in my hands, the tools that I had, the people around me, uh, to just lead people to Jesus. I worked at Gentex for so many years, and I was just declaring God's word, not necessarily with the pulpit and on platform. I was working, and if you're in that position, work, because we're getting paid to work. But at the same time, I was just being a light to people. And when they had a question, I just wanted to point them to the word in Jesus. There is no difference what I'm doing here than what I did before seven years ago. And I, there are so many testimonies of people that came to Christ before I was a pastor. Because I knew that my purpose, my calling here was, was to fulfill and just to preach the word of God. You have a purpose. You have a calling. Don't doubt yourself on what you're able to do. Or maybe I just I feel that tension. Because here's the thing. When you are faithful and when you are fruitful... And when you are a good steward for what, uh, and to what's in your hands right now, you're going to be able to fulfill what God has dropped in your heart. It is what is faithful. When Moses was able to fulfill because of uh, using what he had in his hands to fulfill what God put in his heart. And I want to share three keys that would help us serve him. And the first one is get a revelation of who you are in Jesus Christ. Okay, get a revelation of who you are in Jesus Christ. Psalms 139.14, David said this, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. David has some confidence. He said, I am fearfully, and I am wonderfully made, and I know that well. You know, and I believe Madi and I, we got that down, because I am fearfully made, and she is wonderfully made. Now everyone's like, okay. <laughs> it was a joke. We are both fearfully and we are both wonderfully made, okay? But here's the thing. Who's ever watched American Idol? Make, show your hands. I really can't see you. American Idol. Okay, I know a lot of you guys are lying right now. So here's, here's the thing. I don't know if that show's still running. I watched it, you know? But I remember an American Idol. I wish I had a clip, but I don't, okay? But I remember an American Idol, uh, the tryout season. You guys remember the tryout season? Not necessarily you got the good people up there and they're battling each other for a position and they're eliminating. This is like the tryout season, okay? And there's this one judge, no names, but there's this one judge that just says it like it is. Okay, and some people, you know what, it, it, it was heartbreaking sometimes. I mean, some of us just like, okay, dude, seriously. You know, but sometimes it was just heartbreaking to see these guys, um, their dreams and their spirits being crushed the moment this guy opened his mouth. The moment this guy opened his mouth, I mean, the, it just, it, you could see it in national television. And like, it's like, smile, smile, frown, huh, uh, and then it's just panic mode. Wait, hold on, one more song. You know, it's just like, all of this happened. And there was this one time this judge said this, okay? This one judge said this, 
As soon as the person sang, he looks at him and he says, what were you thinking? <laughs> Maybe you saw that episode, I don't know. He says, what were you thinking? You know, and as heartbreaking that could be and, and, and you know, maybe devastating for the person, that's a good question. I'm just being honest. That's a good question. What were you thinking? Because when you look at that, he, maybe they weren't gifted for that area or that's not their area. You know, and sometimes we try to take on a role in our lives that, and try to be something that we're really not wired to be. Maybe we, we try to act like someone in our lives when God says, no, I created you to be you. You see, because when we go over here and try to act like somebody, I've, I've done that many times. I try to act like someone I look up to and, and God looks at me and says, what are you thinking, you know? And so, and, and God said, I've created you to be you. Sometimes, again, we try to do that, but Jesus just wants you just to uh, have the revelation of who you are in Christ. He wants you to have the confidence of who you are in Christ. Not the confidence in who you are in you or in your marriage or in your finances or what's in your bank account. He wants you to have the confidence of who you are. Have that revelation of who you are in Jesus Christ. And the second thing is get a revelation not just of who you are in Christ, but get a revelation of, of, of the church, okay, of the church. Church is not some, some place you just go to. You need to understand and you need to know you people are the church. You are the church. I had a, um, a, 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 a friend, family, I just won't give any names, but they asked me a question. It was Labor Day, I believe, Memorial Day or Labor Day. I can't remember which one it was. It was a Monday. That's all I remember. And I was hanging out with them. You know, they were, they were cooking out or whatever. And he looks at me and he says, aren't you supposed to be working? And I said, well, no. I mean, it's, it's Labor Day. It's, you know, it's, it's a day off. He's like, well, the church never closes. And this is what I said. Oh, oh, yeah, you're right. The church never closes. But the building and the office, they are closed. <laughs> Here's the thing. This is why I said that. People, you are the church. We are the church. So on a holiday, I won't be in the office, by the way. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. You're the church, and you need to have a revelation of that. You see, so many times we feel like, well, we're inadequate. We're not the church, or we act that way when we face a sticky situation. It's hard. You know, we don't know what to do. But remember, the church is the body of Christ. Remember that Christ is leading you through these, through these certain circumstances. Have that revelation of the church because when you serve uh, as the church body, people, uh, the kingdom, it advances, they grow because you are having a revelation of the church. See, when you serve or when you're serving, it's not mechanical. It's not a cookie cutter. Again, you were shaped a certain way. What you, when you serve, it's a flow of what you were created to do. And when you flow in what you are created to do, you start flourishing. Everyone say, I flourish. No, 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 mean it. I flourish. You see, when you understand, it's not mechanical in how I do things or me acting like somebody, but it's flowing in who I was created to be. See, I'm going to be honest with you guys right now. One of the things that you can tell off the bat is I'm a fast talker. I am a super fast talker. I have, a, I have my wife that kind of coaches me through the, through the messages, secrets being revealed right now, okay? And I'm still working on it. But here's the thing. God has wired me. And everyone has said, when you speak about the word, you just, you just, there's this authority about it. It's not me, okay? Just saying that. It is the power that's within me. 
You can be a slow talker. You can be a fast talker. You can just skip and hop and jump all around because that's how created, God created you to do or be. And that's okay. Did you guys catch that? I did that on purpose. I did it fast. <laughs> Psalms 92.12 says this, that the righteous will flourish. There's that word again. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish. There's that word again. They will flourish in the courts of God. You see, when you come to Christ, you are a tree planted in his court. You are a tree planted in his garden. By the way, in Genesis, when he created, it was a garden. I'm just saying, it was a garden. And, and, and those, that garden flourished. The church is a garden. You are his tree. You are his. He wants you to flourish beyond all measures. Not be like somebody or act like someone or take on a role that maybe you weren't created to take on. He wants you to be you in the way he created you to be. I mean, through the scriptures, you see Jesus says to build his kingdom, advance his kingdom. Ephesians 5 even says, Jesus says he loves the church and gave himself for the church. We just need to reflect that. You see, when we reflect what Jesus uh, did and instructs us to do, we flourish. And not only do we flourish, everyone around us flourishes. Everyone around us flourishes. When I, uh, I moved into our house about five years ago, and when we moved into the house, it was middle of July, and um, we've had this house for about five years, and when we moved in, the grass was dead already. It was, like, yellow, okay? And I didn't even try. I just like, I'm not going to even worry about it. Summer's halfway done. Um, but there's this one tree in our house, in our front uh, yard, on our property, and Marty had encouraged me, hey, just, just water the tree Forget the grass, but water the tree. And I said, okay. And so uh, every day, twice a day, uh, for the rest of the summer, I would come out and I would, I would water, water that tree. I just didn't want the tree to die, okay? And I would just water that tree every day. And I'm like, grass, I'll get to you next year. But right now, I'm, I'm just going to keep this tree alive. Well, I think within a week or two, I started noticing. I was just sitting out there with the hose, and I'm just kind of, you know, doing this. And I looked around the tree, and the grass around it was turning green. I said, oh, oh, okay. And so I'm like, we need a sprinkler. Well, we didn't have a sprinkler that summer. I just started hosing everything. And I know I'm not joking. And she was like, you're out there for two hours. I'm like, well, we just moved in the house, you know. And so we just, I just need to do this. I'm not buying a sprinkler right now, okay. And I would, I would do that. By the end of the summer, our grass was green. Because what, what, one thing that was being flourished and nurtured and watered ended up flourishing things around it. That's exactly what happens to us the moment we are in Christ, the moment we understand our identity in him, revelation of who we are in him, revelation of the church. I am the church. You flourish, the people around you flourish. Okay? You flourish and the people around you flourish. Just simply reflect what Jesus said and did. And the last one is get a revelation of his kingdom. This is huge. Huge. If there is one thing we want to make sure people understand, it is not about us. It's about his kingdom. It is not even about the world. It's about his kingdom. We just got to populate it. Okay, get a revelation of his kingdom. John 18, 37. This is Jesus being trialed now, okay? And, and Pontius Pilate is already just doing everything he can to not make it happen. People are yelling crucify. They want him, they want him dead. And Pontius Pilate says this to, to Jesus, are you a king 
Uh, Are you a king then? And Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born and this cause I I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to truth. Everyone who is in the truth hears my voice. Jesus says, I am a king and I'm here doing this right now because of a cause. Well, what's that cause? That cause is his kingdom. That causes to advance his kingdom, to bring the people into his kingdom. Jesus knew what the cause was about. He understood it. It was his kingdom. John 12, 27. Now is my soul troubled, Jesus says, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? (laughs) No. Okay, that's the attitude he has. No, I'm not going to say that. But for this cause, there's the word, for this kingdom came I unto this hour. Jesus was born for the cause. Jesus lived for the cause. And Jesus died for the cause. And when we can have a revelation of what his kingdom is about, the pressure of who we are and shaped to be and trying to, trying to perform is gone because it's not about us. It's about him. The cause or the kingdom uh, and the cause of Jesus is way bigger than any one of, of us here. And what we need to do is attach who you are and what we were shaped to be to the cause and take what is in our hands and be faithful to that so we can fulfill what's in our hearts. I shared with you my story earlier. I said, oh, before seven years ago, I just wanted to preach his word. I wanted to lead people to Jesus. There is no difference from what I'm doing than what I did before. You are in that same arena. You are that same child, and you have that same power. Understand who you are. Have a revelation of who you are in Jesus Christ. Again, a revelation of his kingdom. And just having a revelation, and I forgot, a revelation of the church, thank you, Danny, (laughs) of the church. Take what's in your hand, take what's in the tools, serve God faithfully. Let's pray right now. Father, I just thank you right now for this opportunity that we're able to just come to you for your kingdom and who you are, Father. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will speak to every single one of us. Lord, right now, as we, we just get ready to see what, what, we're, what you want to speak to us, Father God. Don't allow doubts and fear. And if they're there, Father God, eliminate them right now. Church, I'm going to give you about one minute. I really want to encourage you guys to listen to the Holy Spirit for a second. Listen to what he's saying of who you are and why you're here. Lord, I just thank you right now for this opportunity, Lord, that you're able to speak to us individually, Lord. Lord, you shaped us. You made us. Continue to reveal yourself to us and who we are and what we need to do to put our hand to the plow, Father. Lord, don't allow us to idle or or to stay in a neutral gear, Father. Show us your will. Show us your way, Father God. 
in who we are and what we need to do to advance your kingdom. But church, before we do so, here are a couple of invitations for you. With every eye closed, please. You see, for you to advance the kingdom, for you to understand who you are and have those revelations of what we talked about, you need to first come to, uh, to your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The scripture says that if you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you will be saved. That you would inherit his kingdom, that you are a citizen of heaven, and most importantly, you are a child of the Father now. See, I strongly believe that we are all born as God's creation, but we need to be reborn to be a child of God. And it just takes you believing that, and I would love to lead you into that. Now, your second invite is, man, you know what? I've been around. I know church. I, I am, I'm a good, faithful attender, but it's time for me to commit and to come forward and to start helping uh, advance his kingdom by whatever way that looks. Because here's the struggle that you guys might be facing. I just can't do it. I'm not able to do that. I get nervous, or I don't speak well, or I can't do it this way. God's not asking for that. He's saying, what's in your hands? And be faithful to that and let me do the rest and watch you flourish. And now it's time to come back to him. On those, on those, three, or those two invites, on the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand up. One, I need Jesus. Two, I want Jesus. Three, shoot your hand up right now. Father, I just thank you right now that every single one of us is exactly where we need to be at, Father. Lord, you are our God. You are our Father. We declare right now, as we leave these four walls, Lord, we will continue to advance your kingdom and show your light to a dying world. In Jesus' name we pray.